With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In season three of The Office, Michael Scott is preparing for a dinner party and asks Dwight Schrute to smell his breath. There's a long pause and Dwight informs him, good, not great. And I think that's the feeling after the Mets took two out of three against the Nationals this weekend. It's acceptable. It's a start, especially since the last two games both were wins and there was a number retirement ceremony in the mix as well. All of that to be sliced and diced. And all right, who moved Dwight's desk into the bathroom? Come on! Mets in the morning. Mets in the morning. Oh, yeah. Mets in the morning. Gonna tell you what the Mets are doing while coffee is brewing now. Here's Josh Lewin. Scoodly down. You wanted a sweep, you settled for two out of three. Good, not great. But it keeps the Mets in the conversation. Heading towards September, still a lot of work to do, but they'll do it with a spring in their step. Josh Lewin with you. Later in the pod, I'll address a little player rebellion that Sandy Alderson is already snuffing out, thankfully. A few Mets players doing their own booing of fans. Not cool. And by the way, the Sunday game saw the Mets score nine times at City Field. That is was a really welcome sight. And maybe there's a miracle afoot here. Maybe. If not, we can talk about the Mets as good, not great. And I think that's maybe where they're destined to end up. Could be a miracle. I would enjoy the 23-9 and thing down the stretch like in 1973. But more realistically, 2021, the Mets will end up, let's say, not as Mike Piazza, but as Todd Hundley. Not as Doc Gooden, but as Sid Fernandez. Talented, yes, Hall of Fame worthy? No. The great NL teams have turned out to be the Braves, the Brewers, the Dodgers, and Giants. Those four out of 15 NL teams. Meantime, the Pirates, Diamondbacks, Marlins, Cubs, Nationals, and Rockies turned out to be various shades of stinky. That's six of 15 NL teams. So that leaves the other five teams in the league, a group the Mets are in. And all those teams have had their ups and downs, just like uh, The beloved Metropolitans, you look at, say, the Padres. Remember when the NL West was a three-team race? Padres have lost 13 out of 16. They just had a series at home against a team they were chasing, went 10 for 110 at the plate. Right after they fired their pitching coach, the milk went sour on the hitters. Very odd reaction. Mets and Padres, two children of the 60s expansion. They both started out 10 games over this year. They both melted like candle wax in the summer. Some of the other good, not greats, Just like the Mets, you could have squinted and seen a champion back in spring training of the Cardinals or the Phillies. Just not their years either, for various reasons. And we've talked at length about the two big Mets reasons. Number one, so many injuries. Number two, so many established guys having down years at the plate. But what a nice end of the weekend, huh? The Mets had just gone 2-11 during that show-me 13-game stretch against the Dodgers and Giants. They went 15 for 100 with runners in scoring position. And that led to a record of 6-18 and 18 in August, heading into the weekend. And if it gives you any solace, not the worst ever month for the Mets. No, they had a 5-21 and 21 June of 2018. They had a 4-25 and 25 July of 63. 
The all-timer, the 5-24 and 24, August of 82, which was actually a month that started 5-9. and nine. That's not that bad. But then a 15-game losing streak, including getting walked off three straight games on a road trip in extra innings. Twice in Cincinnati, once in Atlanta. Seven of those 15 losses would be by just one run. Sound familiar? They got shut out twice by Houston in that run, by Joe Necro and Nolan Ryan, two very different pitchers. That team ended up 65-97 and under George Bamberger. There were some athletes on that team. Mookie had 58 steals. Bob Baylor had 20. John Stearns, the dude, the catcher, had 17 of them. 37 home runs from Dave Kingman, but no one else with more than 13. Kingman struck out 159 times, hit 204, made 18 errors at first base. Anyway, uh, I'm just looking at their rotation, too. Charlie Paleo, Pete Falcone, Craig Swan, who was always excellent. He had a 3-3-5 ERA. But two guys who did amazing things for other teams in other years really faltered in the rotation. Mike Scott, 5.14 ERA that year. Of course, Delta Houston learned the splitter, haunted the Mets in 86. And Randy Jones, losing record, 4.6 ERA. He was never in New York what he had been in San Diego. But anyway, that was a team that lost 97 games and set the stage a couple years later for Davey Johnson to take over. That's when the seeds were planted. They were watered in 85. Then the tree shot up out of the ground in 86, as some of you may recall. All right, should we get to the games from this past weekend? Maestro! I should have mentioned this earlier, but I prefer to be called Maestro. Friday night, the Mets had no answers against Paolo Espino and four Nationals relievers. It's just, it's like drowning in a half a foot of water. Four hits against the Espino All-Stars. And the supposed soft underbelly of the schedule, not so kind, at least not on Friday night. One big hit for the Mets. Here you go. First pitch. Bias, it's a high fly, right center field, it's deep, Soto's back near the wall, hooking up, it's gone! Home run to the opposite field for Javier Baez. Into the Washington bullpen it goes, the apple rises in center field for Baez, and the Mets are on the board, it's now a 2-1 to one Washington lead. Wayne Randazzo with the call on WCBS, however, with the game on the line in the ninth, Mets down a run, Lindor aboard, Baez giveth and Baez uh, not giveth. One and one to Baez. Lindor leads from first. Finnegan delivers. Swing and a bouncing ball over the mound. Fielded by Garcia. Steps on second for one. Throws to first. Double play. And the ball game is over. And the Washington Nationals have come into City Field and taken the opener. Howie Rose on WCBS. 61 and 67 now. Remember when they were 35 and 25? They somehow lost 13 and a half games to the Braves in the standings over 30 days. You talk about two trucks passing each other on the highway. It's like the old Brian Regan bit when you see two trucks each carrying logs heading in opposite directions. You'd think a phone call would have saved some time. Oh, you had logs? No. Oh. I like Brian Regan. Anyway, uh, 6 and 19 in August at this point. 3-0 against Washington, uh, or 3-1, I should say, against Washington. 3-18 and against everybody who's not Washington. And by the way, that makes it eight one-run losses in their last 12 games. No one loses 2-1 to one or 3-2 to two like this year's New York Mets. With the loss down to 8.5 behind Atlanta, so they'd really have to find that clutch hit at some point in Saturday's game. Narrator, they did. Now, before the game on Saturday, the eagerly anticipated number retirement ceremony for the great Jerry Kuzman, 
36 now takes its rightful place on the stadium facade with 14, 37, 31, and 41. Jerry talked about when he first became part of the Mets Big League Ball Club. Coming out of the Army, signing with the Mets, it was a, a huge deal. Um, I'd never seen a big league game, uh, and now all of a sudden I was playing pro ball. And uh, it went fairly quick. I played in Greenville, South Carolina in 65, the last two weeks in Williamsport. The next year in Auburn, the next year I was in Tom Seaver, and I uh, made the big club together. But um, that's when we went north of 28 guys, and after a month they cut three. So Ralph Terry, myself, and Greg Goosen were cut. I went to AAA, played the season down there, came back up the last month, and uh, stayed in New York uh, the rest of the time. And I loved it. It was a great organization, and uh, we had a lot of competition. We had about a uh, hundred guys that could throw a hundred miles an hour, and so <laughs> it was uh, pretty strong in pitching at one time. Yep. Oh, lots of great stories and memories all weekend. A wonderfully executed ceremony, a ceremony for Jerry Kuzman. And as for the game itself, uh, well, it started poorly. They all start poorly this year. But spoiler alert: the Mets would win it by the same score by which. Kuzman locked up the 69 World Series, 5-3 in Flushing over a team from the Baltimore-Washington Beltway. No final out on a fly ball to Cleon Jones, but at least he was there to see it. Marcus Stroman pitched well, as he usually does. He was matched up against his former minor league teammate and fellow Long Islander Sean Nolan. Stroman and the Mets down 2-0 when the Kevin Pillar show began. A third-inning solo homer got the team on the scoreboard. Then in the fifth, he Brittany Spears'd it. Oops, he did it again. 1-2 to Pilar. Swing and a drive to left. That's pretty deep. Hernandez back at the wall, and it is gone. It's Kevin Pilar, two, and the Washington Nationals, two. As Pilar hits his second home run of the game over the Great Wall of Flushing, his 12th home run of the year, and we're all even 2-2. Two two. Howie Rose on WCBS. Do that to me one more time. There, I've quoted Britney Spears and Captain and Tennille in one podcast. You're welcome. 2-2 ball game thanks to the second multi-homer game of the year for Pilar, a guy who had been hitting just 159 since the end of June. But then a Trevor May wild pitch gave the Nationals lead right back. Soon enough, however, the hero would emerge from off the bench. That's one thing the Mets have done well this year is pinch hit. Michael Conforto would get called on with two out. In the seventh, and only after Pat Mazika popped out on a bunt attempt trying to move the runners with nobody out, Conforto had never had a pinch hit home run, and he's had, of course, a miserable season. But never mind all that, here comes Mongo. Pitch. Conforto, it's a high fly, left center field, it's deep. Thomas is back near the wall, he looks up, it's gone! Home run, Michael Conforto! It's a three-run pinch hit homer! Conforto with a big fist pump as he rounded second base. He goes to the opposite field. He gives the Mets the lead. It's 5-3 to three here in the seventh. One pitch from Mason Thompson blows up the Washington lead. Wayne Randazzo on WCBS. And I'll give another stepbrother's tip of the hat. Michael Conforto, did you just save the season? Yup. We shall see if that is accurate. But with that three-run jack over the M&Ms in left center, the Mets now with 40 pinch hit runs batted in this year. That is most in the majors. Mets end a four-game losing streak, a seven-game losing streak at home. They are 32-8 and now when they score at least five runs. They should try and do that more often. 
Kevin Pillar with Ed Coleman on the field after the game. Kevin, before we uh, talk about your two home runs, uh, let's talk about this guy's home run over here, Michael Conforto. When you have a struggling team and a struggling star at the same time, I saw the fist bumps going around first base. Uh, that, that was pretty clutch. Yeah, it was, it was big time clutch. It was much needed. I know how difficult that role is coming off the bench and, and being ready to attack a you know, a pretty good fastball that I saw later in the game. So uh, he's confident in his ability. He knows he's not having the type of year he wants to have. Uh, he's been showing signs of uh, you know what he can do lately. Um, but it was a huge home run. We needed it, and it was it was it was fun to see the emotion he had uh, after hitting first base. How big is it when one of your leaders can do that at a time when you really need it right now? Yeah, I mean, I think it's big, but I, I think it's big for everyone to step up. I mean, we were having trouble scoring runs, so you know, whether it's a leader like Mike, who's been here for a long time, whether it's a guy coming off the bench that's not going to chance to play every day, uh, runs, runs are uh, tough to come by, and uh, it, it was big for us. That courtesy of WCBS, Marcus Stroman, six innings, just the two runs. He's allowed two earned runs or fewer in 20 of his 27 starts. He's shown that a big fastball isn't really necessary to succeed all the time. Average fastball velocity is about 92. It's 26th percentile. Uh, he just does it with the sinker and that split changeup. And he's now at 1,001 innings pitch for his major league career. Jonathan Villar heating up, 315 average, his last 21 games. We'll talk about him some more with the Sunday game, and aggressive but not reckless with his swing. That's what all the Mets are looking for right now. As it was once explained to me, there's a fine line between clever and stupid, a fine line between fishing and standing on the shore and looking like an idiot, and yes, there's a fine line between aggressive and reckless. I think this guy, VR, does it very well. Oh, and a save for Edwin Diaz, number 26. Sound the trumpets. After the game, Luis Rojas met the media. I know you talked a little bit about this before the game today, but now that this stretch is over um, with the Dodgers and the Giants, what's what's your biggest takeaway from it? Well, Steve, uh, I mean, I, I think you know we, we kept a lot of games uh, close. We didn't come up with a big hit. Uh, and then our, our opponents came up with a big hit when they, they had the, uh, the situation. Like tonight, you know, we had the first and second, two outs, and the walk and forward, a little bad, and then the, this is loaded to I wouldn't get the big hit. So that happened in you know, a lot of these games. Uh, we get majority of them in, in range. So two really good teams, uh, playing-wise, talent-wise. Um, you know, it's, you got to look forward. I mean, the, the, both weeks were, were uh, tough, you know, with the results, right? Uh, you know, we show up here every day looking for for a win, and we uh, I thought the, the guys were energetic towards the games and everything, but... Uh, you know, and I was looking back, it was uh, it was just two tough weeks. Yeah, to put it mildly. So that brought us to the swing game on Sunday, Noah Syndergaard's birthday, and he spent it learning he was being delayed from his second rehab start in the minors. That was not ideal news, although not a delay re- uh, related to his injury, we're told. So I guess that's good. Sunday, it was Tyler McGill on the mound, similar in size to Syndergaard, but different in approach. Still just one win in his first 12 starts, despite so many of those starts being great. Eric Fetty for the Nationals. Someone would take this series two games to one, and by God, it had better be the Mets if they're to be taken seriously in September. Mets grab the early lead on a single, a passed ball, and a balk. Hey, it's not always about home runs, right? I love scratching out a run like that. Set a tone. It stayed 1-0 until Josh Bell, the former Pirate, smashed a 430-foot home run to center. Two-run shot to toggle Washington on top. But 
In the bottom of the fourth, the guy the Mets brought in at the trade deadline to make a difference made a difference. One ball, no strikes. Pitch. Breaking ball. That's hammered. Left field and deep. Baez knows he got it all. It's long gone. Into the second deck. Javier Baez stood and watched it sail. The Mets reclaim the lead. It's 3-2. to two. That was the one the Mets really needed, and from there, they never looked back. Alonzo's third hit of the game brought home VR in the bottom of the fifth to make it 4-2, to two. and after the daily Juan Soto home run cut it to 4-3, to three. the Mets were back at it in the bottom of inning six. Kevin Pillar, the two-homer man from the night before, pounded a curveball in a center for a single. Pat Mazika fouled out, but Dom Smith came off the bench, watched Pillar steal second, then singled him home. Following that, Kyle McGowan on in relief, pitching to the switch-hitting VR. Now remember, Conforto the night before, off the bench with a first-pitch pinch-hit home run. Mr. VR, the precedent has been established. Now you go. And the first pitch by McGowan. Swing and a liner towards the gap in left center, moving over Hernandez. He won't get there. It hits the top of the fence, stays in play. Smith getting the third will be held there. Going to second, VR slides safe at second base. Well, that was kind of an unnecessarily close play, and I wonder whether that ball might be gone. That ball hit right around the top of the wall. Now we're getting an indication from Laz Diaz of a home run. That was the correct call, making it a three-run inning, and Tyler McGill was in position to finally get that second big league victory. VR hit that home run as a lefty. 12 of his 15 have been in that vein. He hits for a higher average against lefties, but hits for power against righties. Mets pinch hitters. Chef's kiss. A 260 batting average for Mets pinch hitters. The starters are hitting closer to 230. That's like if this year's Brooklyn Nets got 10 points apiece from Harden, Irving, and Durant, but 20-point games from Bruce Brown and Jeff Green. For VR, kind of weird. The two toughest parts of the cycle already in the bag. A triple and the home run. He still needed the easy ones, the single and the double. Nice problem to have. A 15-homer, 10-steal season. Something that only about a dozen other National League players can claim. And I guess when you're on a list with Bryce Harper and Tatis, you're doing something correctly. Josh Bell's second home run of the day cut the lead to 7-4 in the 8th, but a two-run double from Lindor in the bottom of that inning extended it back to 9-4. The Mets scoring in five different innings, including three in a row at one point. That is not something we've seen a lot of here this summer. Nine runs in a home game? Hadn't seen that since before the All-Star game. After this one, Ed Coleman back to work. He caught up with Jonathan Villar. Jonathan, I think you guys have been waiting for a day like this for a while. Actually, five runs yesterday, nine more runs today. So the, the offense has certainly picked up a little bit. Uh, that's a very good. You know, we continue to play hard now. Uh, I don't care what, what it pass if we lose a couple games. But now we are starting to play ahead. So that's a, we, we, we need to finish hard the last month. So we got a good team. We got a good player right here. So when we play, we got a lot of energy. We can win everything. So looking now, today we make a lot of runs. That's unbelievable. I like that. I bet you uh, you wish you had one more at bat because you had a single, triple, and home run. You needed a double for the cycle. One short today. Uh, I don't think about that because sometimes when I think it's that one situation, sometimes I feel like go to the home play and I hit it like, like I want to hit every pitch. But in that situation, that my first and second 
two in the back. That one like me said, but I don't care. Uh, we need to, maybe another day we can do it. I thought you told me the other day your power came from the right side. You're on the left side and you're, and you're hitting balls out. Nah, that I do. That's what I do. And uh, I'm feel good. And the one when I play every day. Uh, the uh, the triple, you started a little bit late, but you had to, you had to really uh, pick it up there to get over to third base, but you made it. No, because I think that one hit a homer. Right. So I will stay in the home play. So when I see that the ball don't go in, I, I say, I put in my mind, I, I need to go to third. Yeah. Because of that side of the game. And we need to go there because we need that score. You have a day off tomorrow. You have another series coming up. But how do you feel about the offense the way it is right now going forward? Yeah, it's very good. It's very good. We got a day off tomorrow. So we preparation for another day. So coming to play hard again. Jonathan, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you, senor. So, not for nothing, Jonathan VR, not one of the Mets players who came up with the weird, passive-aggressive thumbs-down to the fans thing on Sunday. And, look, I'm not going to dignify that arc with a lot of comment here, other than to say I think we've all sent an email we regret sending. Maybe next time, fellas, sleep on it. Make sure you want to hit send before you actually hit send, because antagonizing the fans is not a smart play, not in New York. And Sandy Alderson will remind these players of that very simple fact, and as Javi Baez has discovered, no, this is not the warm, fuzzy Midwest. If you mess up in New York, you get booed in New York. It's been that way here forever. Met fans expect performance and accountability. That's what you sign up for. So the Marine, Sandy Alderson, will put on his combat boots today and dress down his platoon. And my money's on Sandy to make sure that Baez, Lindor, Pilar, whoever else was in on this, uh, they're going to have to put their thumbs away. Anyway, final line score from Sunday. Mets 9 runs, 11 hits, 2 errors. Washington 4-3-0. Oh, they just hit home runs and nothing else. McGill over Fetty, and the Mets stay 7.5 behind Atlanta. Sadly, no game tomorrow, so instead we invite you to enjoy a reunion of sorts from the home run derby in Denver. Pete Alonzo hit him, Dave Joust threw him, And we will have conversations with both men on tomorrow's pod. Nothing much about the Home Run Derby, actually, but more just a chance to get to know both guys a little better. Meantime, we're all getting ready for the series that starts Tuesday with the Fight and Fish. The Marlins come to town with the series starting very oddly on Tuesday. That split doubleheader. Game one is already underway. We'll pick it up nothing-nothing in the first in the afternoon. And then when that game is done, the regularly scheduled game at 7.10 p.m., they're also 7-10 starts Wednesday and Thursday nights. So there you have it. Mets go 2-1 against Washington after being 2-11 against L.A. and San Francisco. Good, not great, but at least it's a modified win streak to fire up the stretch drive. I hear the music. Play me off, Johnny. Let's meet that high-quality, hard-working Mets in the Morning House band, shall we? On keyboards, outfielder Chris Young. Slapping to base, pitcher Chris Young. The horn section, Tony Fernandez. And on drums, ladies and gentlemen, Jonathan Neese. This is Josh Lewin. Take care. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye-bye.